Good morning. This morning we're reading Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. It's, it's, a big, it's a big privilege we have to, to have our Bibles, to have our Bibles in our own language and to be able to read and understand what God is trying to tell to all of us. So with that, with that um, mind and heart, let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, This is your word. You gave it for our edification. You gave it for our correction. You gave it for our training in righteousness. You gave it to understand the way of salvation, which is through faith in Jesus Christ. By your spirit, make your word. Do all these things. For us by faith, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hebrews, if you have ready your Bibles there and open it with me, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 are the verses that we are going to be uh, meditating this morning. Two years ago, all the stadiums in the world were closed during the, the pandemic. Do you remember that? People were not allowed to go and watch their favorite matches in person. But you, can, you, 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 can't, you could watch them on TV all those days. Do you remember? In soccer, something very, very interesting happened. Big, theme, big themes like uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Manchester United lowered their performance considerably. They no longer scored as many goals as before. And do you know why? Because they didn't have an audience around them to cheer them up. You see, players on the pitch were motivated by others watching every pass, every run, and every part, little aspect of the game. So they came up with a solution. Do you know what the solution was? Well, they printed thousands of photographs of people and placed them on the stadium benches. So the players felt that people were watching the game. They also turned on the sound system. And the sound was of people clapping and chanting of the stadium was packed with the spectators. 
And you know what? It worked. The performance of the athletes was elevated by the simple fact of feeling observed, accompanied, and supported by their fans. And this is what is this is what our passage for this morning is telling us. Look at how we start our passage for this morning. Let's go to verse 1. The first part of verse 1, chapter 12, verse 1, in your Bibles, says, Therefore, before that is talking about all the heroes of the faith, chapter 11, it's talking about Moses, Noah, it's talking about all these great saints of the Old Testament, and now he comes to verse 1 of chapter 12 and says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. The only difference between the stadium, a spectator sitting on benches, and the witnesses mentioned here in Hebrews 11 is that these witnesses are people standing on the Touchline. They are not spectators just sitting on benches and cheer them us. These spectators were athletes like you and me, great spiritual athletes, members of the whole of faith that finished the race and won the golden golden medal. These witnesses are surrounding us to testify that it is possible to finish the race despite the hardships of the race, despite the worst of circumstances, and despite our fragility. All those who have successfully lived and died in the faith are watching us. Now it is our turn to run the race. All eyes are on us. Shall we now give up? We who are facing difficulties that others have already met, shall we now give up? Are we going to entertain thoughts of leaving this race? This is, this is what the Jewish Christian church was considering. And that is without a doubt what some of us may have also considered at some point in the race. Right? Or is it just me? So, what is the secret of running well? What is the key to completing this race? In the passage for this morning, the Holy Spirit, through the writer, writer of the letter to the Hebrews, wants to give us, wants to give us 
three important instructions to help us finish the Christian life race, as many have done before us. And the first instruction that we find in this passage is, be prepared for action. Go again with me to verse 1 of chapter 12. Open your Bibles and read with me there. Again, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. To be prepared for action, the first thing we must do is to lay aside every weight. In running competitions, athletes wear light clothes, as light as possible. They get rid of their pants, sweaters, jewelry, or anything that could prevent them from move, move freely and fast. In ancient times, they use clocks, those dresses that may run in very, very difficult. Imagine someone trying to win a, a 100-meter competition with this kind of dress. So the writer of Hebrews here is telling us that in order to be prepared for action, we need to lay aside every, every weight. And what he really meant was to run naked. Yes, that is correct. For us, it's a very disturbing picture, but that is what they were doing. In ancient Greek competitions, most of the athletes were naked. They didn't, they didn't want any burden or distraction. Notice that wearing clothes is actually not bad in itself. Clothes is, is, is not bad in itself. The problem is that it will make you trip or slow down when you run. So if you are running, the writer is telling us here, take it off. Lay aside every weight and run naked without any distraction. Some things in our lives are not bad or sinful as the clothes but they slow down our spiritual progress. They weaken our faith and reduce our power to resist temptation. These things enslaves us to the point that we cannot run anymore. But the Holy Spirit is telling us here, everything that slows down my spiritual Progress must be laid aside. And as I said before, these things are not necessarily sinful. They may be beautiful, intellectual, 
noble or innocent things. They may be sports that are not bad. Right? To practice or to watch sports are not bad. Or hobbies. Or our own job or our own profession. Or ambitions. A friendship. Our use of technology. Or maybe our comfort. It does not matter what is it. If it slows me down in my career of faith, I must lay it off. But if you continue with the, the next part of these verse 1, we will find something else we need to eliminate, to prepare ourselves for action. If you go again, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight. And what is the next part? And sin which clings so closely. We each have some sins that entangle that entangle us more easily than others, right? For many, pornography or other addictions are sins that make believers trip and fall on the race every five meters. Others are entangled by jealousy for love of the, this world, for the love of money, for ambitions, or for dishonesty, to the point that every time they speak, they, 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 speak, they, they lie to cover all their lies. And here, right now, it's very important to make a pause in our race to ask us some important questions. What sin entangles you? Let me tell you something here about sin. If we don't lay aside sin, if you or me don't get rid of sin, sooner or later, it will kill us. It will prevent us to finish our race. So again, let me ask you, what sin entangle you? Covetousness? Envy? Gossip? Laziness? Lust? Unthankfulness. This unthankfulness is a very, very dangerous sin, do you know? It's what Romans chapter 1 starts saying, when they don't give thanks to the Lord, God deliver them to any kind of horrendous sins. 
or maybe pride. Sin will cause us to stumble and to leave, to leave the race. Even if we continue attending church, whatever sin it is, it must be stripped off and left behind. That is the exhortation we find here in Hebrews 12, verse 1. So the first instruction is to be prepared for action. And in order to do this, we need to lay aside every weight and every sin. We need to run naked. But the next instruction to run the race of the Christian life is at the end of verse 1. If you go with me, you will find the second thing is to run with perseverance. Let's read again verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And what else? And let us run with endurance, with perseverance, the race that is set before us. The race, pay attention to this, the race that is set before us. The idea here is not running a hundred meter race, but a marathon. This race that is set before us is for the long haul. And you run the race very different from how you would run a hundred meter sprint, right? You think about, you think about your speed. You think about the distance. You put all your mind and heart and the long distance that you have ahead of you. So that's the first thing about perseverance. We need to be ready because it's not a sprint. It is a marathon. But there is a second thing here in, mind of, in the mind of the writer. The writer does not say you need to do the work or you need to work hard or you need to do more. He says, run with endurance the race that is set before us. The race that is set before us is a race that has been planned with anticipation. If you open your Bibles and go with me to Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, look what it says there. For by grace you have been saved through faith. You see, it's not your doing. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. It's the same meaning, the race that is set before us. God prepared beforehand. The race that we have is a race that is set before us. And then this verse finished saying that we should walk in them. It is by the grace of God from beginning to end. This is a race that God has set us before us and he has planned for us even before the foundation of the earth. It is not do more in the sense of finding some inner strength that lies within us, because let me tell you, that's going to end sooner or later, or more sooner than later. He's not saying that it's all up to you or up to me now that we are saved, we are on our own. No, we live in the gospel from beginning to end, we live because Christ died for us and therefore we are running this race. Run because now we are in Christ and now you have everything it takes to persevere. Run because all of the obstacles have been mapped out. For you, there isn't an obstacle in this race that God hasn't planned and provided the necessary power to overcome. Do you believe this? There is nothing out of God's control and plan for us. And the plan is simple, that through Jesus, you and I can finish this race because Jesus knows the way. Jesus endure and finish the race. So because you believe this truth, you persevere. Let us review our instructions. The first instruction is to lay aside every weight and every sin. The second, run with perseverance, not in your own effort, but through the works of Christ. And the last instruction we find in this passage to finish the race of the Christian life is in verse 2. Look at Jesus. So if you go with me in verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, we read verse 2. It says, looking to whom? To Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame 
and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Imagine yourself playing your favorite sport. What would, what would happen if when you are playing your favorite player of all time shows up to see you? I can imagine myself playing soccer and suddenly Messi appears to watch me play. You know who is Messi, right? Mari, you know who is Messi? The best in my humble estimation. <laughs> my humble estimation. There are people who will, will disagree with me. But imagine he appears to watch me play. That definitely would elevate my game. I would play like never before, trying to impress him. Imagine if, you, imagine if you are playing golf and Tiger Woods shows up. You would for sure play with everything you got. Right? Or at least you will stop and ask him for advice to do better in the game. This text, this verse is telling us to look at Jesus because Jesus is present. Jesus is present in your race. And he is the greatest marathoner of all time. And to describe him, he used two words. Jesus is the greatest because he is the founder and he is the perfecter of our faith. The original meaning of founder is someone who goes before and clears the path, a trailblazer. Jesus is the one who goes before you. And now, he's not only watching you, he is with you in the race. So if you are tempted by the weight of what this world is offering, or if you are tempted by the sin that entangles, look at Jesus. Look for his help. He is the trailblazer. He knows, he understands what you are experiencing right now in the race. Don't think for a moment that you are alone. When we are in the dark and can only see the dust un under our feet, look closely. There is a footprint, and it is the footprint of Jesus. If you cannot even elevate your eyes, look on the, on the floor, and you will see Jesus' footprints. Follow them. He already passed the race that you are running right now. He has been in the cave, in the storm, the sickness, 
and the suffering that you are experiencing right now. You are not alone. He is the founder. But the description of Jesus is also as the finisher, or as we read in our Bibles, the perfecter of our faith. He began the job, and he finished the job. And he did it for you and for me, so you and me can follow his footprints. He is there to tell you, I finished. It is done. Don't be afraid. At the end of our text, we read, Jesus, who, in the second part, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. In another passage we find in Romans says, hang in there, brother and sister, because you are not yet suffer what Jesus suffered, the cross. If you think about suffering, if you think about some experience and horrendous situation, think about the cross. Not just the cross, it says in that verse, despising the shame. It's funny talking about naked and running naked. Jesus was on the cross naked with all his body destroyed. But he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus himself ran the race we are running now, the race of faith. All the heroes of chapter 11, they ran the race as well, but their race was, Im race was imperfect. Jesus is the only one who ran it perfectly. He is the best of all time, the greatest of all time. For him, it meant going through the unspeakable pain of the cross and all the shame that went with it, but he looked forward. Jesus never lost sight of the joy of bringing many sons and many daughters to glory. Which was God's will for him. That was his joy in life. Doing his father's will and the father's will is to bring you and to bring me till the end to finish the race. 
that was the joy. And now he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And as well, he is running with you this race of faith. It is because of Jesus that you and I are running in the first place, right? So, it's only logical that we must look at him. He is the one who sustains us, and he is the one who is going to welcome us when we cross the finish line. Look at Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you for the encouragement you are giving us, Lord, this morning. Open our eyes, Lord, in the middle of this dark night we are experiencing right now to see the multitude of witnesses that are encouraging us. And your son, Jesus himself, being with us, someone who knows the way, someone who has run like us, is there with us to guide us, to help us, to sustain us until we finish the race. Open our eyes, Lord, that we may look at him and follow him until the end. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Amen. Let's stand up and uh, let's sing together this last song that says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Jesus.